This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Live from the Underground Lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Snap, play action to Jacobs. Fake reverse to Hollins. Carr, looking downfield. Devontae's wide open at the two. Grabs it. Touchdown, Raiders. The defender had fallen down, and Devontae Adams has his second touchdown grab of the half. 17-0 lead early in the second quarter after staying in Sarasota and getting all of that and thinking, all right, that's the season changer. Instead, they fall here in Jacksonville, 27-20 to the Jaguars. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. We are live at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday. It is our Monday night football spot, the Underground Lounge to be exact. And we're here with you for the next few hours. We'll be here till at least 6 o'clock. We got the TVs, got ESPN on, already seeing some highlights from everything, all the action that went down all this weekend in, in college game and the NFL. But we're preparing you for Monday night football, closing out week nine of the NFL season, the Ravens versus Saints. So you can watch it and be a part of the action all here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Again, the Underground Lounge is the spot. We've got a lot of prizes that have been handed off to us, uh, actually delivered to us. we got a little Modelo and Raiders uh, towels, the official cerveza of the Raiders towels. These are pretty nice. I'm not too sure exactly what you would do with them except for have them. But they're kind of cool looking, so there you go. You can uh, be one of the the, fo- the few folks that take one of these home. Plus, we have some really nice Raider T-shirts, uh, uh, the Black Hole T-shirts uh, with Corona on them. We got some really good stuff here that was just delivered to us, and we're also going to have some 2023 Hooter Girl calendars available as well, uh, Raider Nation Radio cups and koozies, UNLV tickets, all kind of different tickets to give away, plus Hop Valley. We've got that, uh, the official IPA of the Silver and Black. we got that as well. Plus, drink specials, food specials, Monday Night Football action, and a good atmosphere, good place to be. Again, the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We are here. And, of course, coming off of what in that open sounded like a great day of Raider football, turned sour real quick, fast, in a hurry as the Raiders get a 20, 20, put up 20 points in the first half of the game against the Jaguars and put up nothing in the second half and uh, lose another 17-point lead, lose another game, and end up 2-6 and six on the season. Of course, a lot of angry folks in Raider Nation, a lot of a- angry folks probably, I'm sure, in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, uh, a lot of angry players as well, you know, just wondering what in the hell is going on. A team that had high expectations going into the season sits there at 2-6. and six. So, of course, we'll be here to talk about it with you for the next few hours, just coming off the heels of JT the Brick. And earlier this morning, had the morning tailgate show with Clay Baker and Harry Ruiz, and a lot of fine work as well from Vinny Bonsignor, who sent us a a lot of good stuff, including locker room sound that you'll hear throughout the course of the show today. Coming up on the show, as a matter of fact, Ed Graney, our, our, good, uh, our good friend from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, he joins us every single Monday at 2.30. He'll join us to give a recap of what he saw on Sunday with the Raiders and the Jaguars. Where do the Raiders go from here? How do they stop the bleeding? That's really what they need to do is stop the bleeding. And I know they're not on like the Jaguars were on a five-game losing streak going into that game on Sunday, but... I mean, when you're sitting there through nine weeks of football, eight, eight games in nine weeks, and you have two wins, there's, there's bleeding going on. It might be internal bleeding, but there's some bleeding going on. So the Raiders, as a team, as an organization, have to figure out how to stop the bleeding. So we'll talk to Ed Graney coming up at 2.30. And DeMond, I do believe that uh, he will also probably talk a little something about San Diego State picking up the victory over UNLV, a game that UNLV really had no business losing. But I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll shed a little light on that as well. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw that happen uh, over the weekend? That I had to be the optimist about it. You know, Doug Brumfield throwing those uh, tough 
interceptions there down in the red zone. But it's his first game back. I mean, you got to shake off the rust. Excuses, excuses, excuses. excuses. And I'll I'll defend them (laughs) with this breath in my last. I guess so. Hey, look, the defense put in a hell of a performance, and the offense just couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't compliment them the way that they were supposed to. But Ed Granny will join us at 2.30, and, you know, 99% of the conversation will be Raiders-related. And, of course, we'll uh, let him speak a little on his San Diego State getting the victory over UNLV. And it looks like San Diego State is headed to the Pac-12. Saw that a little bit earlier today, so we'll get his thoughts on that as well. And then at 3 o'clock, Curtis Crabtree. Fox 13 in Seattle, also Sports Radio KJR. He'll join the show to talk about Sidney Jones. And Sidney Jones is a guy that we had talked about a few weeks ago when the trade deadline was coming up. And I was thinking that maybe there was an opportunity that the Raiders would go out and trade for Sidney Jones, a guy who was at one point when he was coming out of UW, uh, when he was coming out of Washington, he was a hell of a corner. And he tore his Achilles on his pro day. And so it never really turned into the guy that he was supposed to be in the NFL due to that injury, but has been around the league a little bit, uh, signed with the the Eagles or was picked up by the Eagles, drafted in the second round, played with the Jaguars and played with the Seahawks. And because he had a concussion, uh, he was sent to the bench. And the young guys led by Tariq Woolen, man, they have, have been balling up there in Seattle, so really didn't have any spot for him. They ended up releasing him instead of him getting traded. And we kind of had an idea that the Raiders were going to make a move for him, and they, in fact, did. Matter of fact, it just became official. The Raiders sent over the email. The Raiders signed cornerback Sidney Jones, and they also put linebacker Devon Diablo on the injured reserve list. So Diablo will be out at least four games. He left the game very early on Sunday. So another injury, another setback to that Raiders defense. But Sidney Jones is coming in, and it's funny when the news rolled out yesterday, I believe Adam Schefter tweeted it out that, uh, you know, pending a physical, Sidney Jones was going to sign with the Raiders, and I tweeted out, well, incoming help, you know, cornerback help, and everyone, and I understand the frustration of the Raider Nation, everyone, is it really? Is it really help? Look, at the end of the day, it's another guy that's going to compete. The Raiders need as much depth and as much help on on the defensive side of the ball as possible, so I don't know what he's going to provide. I'm not saying he's Jalen Ramsey. I'm not trying to say that. I mean, you're obviously not going to get a guy on November 7th like that. You're just not. But, you know, you can get a guy that can go out there and compete and and try to help out a a struggling defense. I would say struggling secondary, but it's a struggling defense as the team is struggling. You know, the team is struggling to put together four full quarters. So Sidney Jones is now a member of the Silver and Black, and linebacker Devon Diablo is on the injured reserve list. So coming up at 3 o'clock, Curtis Crabtree from Fox 13 Seattle Sports Radio KJR in Seattle will join the show just for a few minutes and talk about Sidney Jones and what to expect and who exactly the Raiders are getting in Sidney Jones here in 2022. So those are the two guests that we have lined up for the show. We normally have a bunch of guests lined up, but uh, there's a lot going on in Indianapolis. Indianapolis has been really the biggest headline in the NFL world all day today with Frank Reich being fired and then Jeff Saturday being put in as the interim head coach, which is really bizarre. But that's the next team up on the schedule for the Silver and Black. So I was trying to reach out to a few of my uh, friends that cover the Colts to join the show just to talk about the situation, not not talk about the game that, that's going to happen on Sunday with the with the Raiders and the Colts. We'll have plenty of time throughout the course of the week. We'll start to do that on Wednesday. But I just wanted to get the pulse of Indy. Like, what the hell's going on there right now? And, you know, why it was so necessary to move on from Frank Reich and, you know, what does Jeff Saturday bring to the table that, you know, a lot of people, and I'm seeing a lot of beat writers that cover the Colts, are, they're up in arms. Like, what in the world is going on? What in the hell is going on? So I just kind of wanted to get an early idea, but I uh, wasn't able to really get a hold of anybody that was available at the time. I know that the Colts are having some kind of presser around 730 uh, Eastern time, so that would be around 430 our time for the show. But 
Just really wasn't able to get a hold of anybody that was available, and that's okay. Uh, we'll get them throughout the course of the week. So our two guests that we have live on the show, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the RJ at 2.30, and then Curtis Crabtree from Fox 13 Seattle Sports Radio KJR at 3 o'clock. And then you'll hear uh, locker room sounds. Again, Vinny Bonsignor, who does a fantastic job on the morning tailgate, and, of course, with the RJ as well, sent over a lot of good stuff uh, following the game last night, including almost nine minutes of Devontae Adams. Like, that is so rare in a locker room setting to get that much time. Usually if you get three minutes, four minutes max, you've done a really good job in the locker room with the player. This was almost nine minutes of Devontae Adams. So at some point in the show, you'll hear from him. Hunter Renfro you'll hear from. Foster Morrow you'll hear from. And also Raider safety, Jerron Harmon. So there's still a lot to get to on today's show. Ed Graney at 2.30, Curtis Crabtree at 3 o'clock, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Foster Morrow, Jerron Harmon. All on the show as well. And, of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Again, 702-365-9200. Raider Nation, listen in line. And the text line is always wide open like some old school TV antenna. 69187, keyword R&R. If you want to go ahead and sponsor the, the, the text line, you can. That's available right now as well. Just a little side note. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Real quick. Going to get to this text, and then we're going to get into the opening drive. Q, when you change the general manager on down, coach, all the coaching staff, etc. I don't care how it was sold to us. It's a rebuild. We're in the first year to rebuild. Raider Nation, hold on for a couple years because it ain't getting better anytime soon. That's from Raider C. Appreciate the feedback. Appreciate the feedback. And I understand what you're saying. I completely you know, understand the frustrations of Raider Nation. Uh, I'm not trying to sell you on anything. I have no agenda to sell you on anything. I don't get any commission to sell you on anything. So selling you doesn't do anything. I could tell you what I believe, and that's not me selling myself on it because that would be silly. I will tell you exactly what I believe, and I know what Mark Davis said when he hired Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and company is that it was not a rebuild. So that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the guy who owns the team and what he says. So obviously his expectations weren't a rebuild. If you feel like he's selling you stuff, that's on that's, – that's, that's on you to, you know, to either believe or not believe. Uh, I don't think that you go and get Devontae Adams uh, and say that this is a rebuild, right? I don't think you go and make a move and give up your first-round pick and your second-round pick because if you're trying to rebuild something, the best way to do it is through the draft. But that's just me. I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, start an argument with you or anything. I just happened to notice this text, so wanted to address it quick, fast, in a hurry. So I get it. I understand the frustrations. When you have two wins on the season, there's a lot that's open for discussion. Right, so totally get it. I don't believe it's a rebuild, but if you do, that's fair, and I do appreciate your text. Again, that's Raider C at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. And you know, I'm really glad that we did get to Raider C's text immediately because it kind of leads into what we we're going to talk about anyway with the little topic. And of course, I want your feedback. Always appreciate your feedback, whether I agree with it or not, or whether you agree with me or not. That's fine. I mean, that's that's all good. We could have a civil conversation and not be on the same, and not not agree on the same thing so that that's all good my my subject I guess I want to say when I look at the team and I talked about it on my podcast today is really I feel like there's something is broken something is missing something isn't connecting with the team and I don't know if it's the players and understanding what the coaches want I don't know if it's the coaches understanding what the players do really well or I don't know if it's a combination of 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 it all right and it probably is it's probably a conversation of everything I mean that's that's probably 
where it where it uh you know where it all lies. But you know there has not been one single, I guess, problem that has been identified. Okay, like this is the reason. And I'm talking to head coach Joshua Daniels earlier today in the media session. Kind of asked him if it was you know the, a recurring theme or if it was a lot of little things or if it was you know just something different each and every time. And, and he basically alluded to it being a lot of little things that is going on and why the Raiders are not having the success that they expected to have. So I've seen a lot of, you know, fans hit, hit everyone up or hit Twitter up or text us or call us and say to fire this person, that person. that other. Look, I don't think that any of that is something that's going to happen in season. I really don't. I don't think any kind of changes like that are going to happen in season. It, it, it obviously could. I'm just going with my gut feeling. I don't think anything like that is going to happen. But I do believe that there's opportunities to make realistic changes within the building, right, within the people that are on the staff in the building. I mean, again, I just talked about Sidney Jones being signed. He's not going to cure everything, right? He's not going to be the end-all, be-all. But he's a guy that will go in there and provide some competition. So I don't know if one of the cure, not cures, because nothing's going to cure the, what's going on right now. Uh, I mean, the team is sitting there at two and six after eight games. So – Obviously, they have nine more to go, and they can go on a run, but I, I'm not, you know, I want to see some wins. I want to see some wins before I talk about any kind of run, right? And I think that that's fair. So what realistically, at this stage of the game, do you feel like the Raiders could do to help, as I mentioned at the top of the show, stop the bleeding, right? I mean, look, I don't think anyone expects them to make this playoff run and go deep into whatever, but just to stop the bleeding. You know, sometimes you just need to be able to stop the bleeding. Right now they've had two teams that they've beat that are bad teams. And Denver has more wins than the Raiders do but by a game. But that's just, I mean, they're, they're, they're not – we talk about all the time they play down to the level of competition. How do, how do they correct that? How, how can they correct it with the guys that they have right now? Right? How can the coaching staff maybe put the players in better position to succeed right now? That's what, that's what I really want to know. It's like, what is it that they can do as a unit to go into Sunday against the Colts, pick up a W, and then worry about the next week's game? And then, you know what I mean? And just take it one game at a time and just improve the team with what they have. You know, one of the areas of the team that I really like to look at and, and, and really want to break down, and it's not because I'm trying to pick on one side of the ball more than the other, but I really want to focus on the defense a lot. Because it just seems like that they're not all on the same page with what they're supposed to be doing, if that makes sense. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people say, well, just simplify everything and dumb it down and just let the players go out there and, and play free and not have to think. And, and, look, I've said that myself. But the one thing about that, if you do that, which is fair, you can do that. If you do that, the players that you have better be so stinking good that it doesn't matter that, there's, that they're playing a simplistic defense. Because these offenses are so good these days in the NFL. I mean, they're so, so exotic and have so many weapons that a lot of these teams offensively could really beat up on the defense. So if you're going to just really run a simple defense, those players better be so good and their defense better be so strong that it doesn't matter. Everyone knows, okay, this is what you're doing. And I'll use Gus Bradley, for example, because that's what he did last year, right? He simplified the defense. And – decided he wasn't going to change anything when they played Kansas City. Hey, this is what we do. We're going to stick to it. And Kansas City tore him up, right? And everyone said, well, how come we didn't change anything? Because he was hell-bent on this is what we're going to do, right? We're, we're going to simplify everything. We're going to make sure everyone uh, doesn't have to think. They're just going to have to go out there and play. And Kansas City had their way with them because it was just so easy for them to beat them because it was a simplistic defense. So 
you know, it's just it's it's one of those situations. What can they do? What could Patrick Graham do? What could Joshua Daniels do? What could the team do as a unit, as the players in the locker room, coaches on the sideline? What can they do to help this team stop the bleeding? It's 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 pretty complicated, honestly, because the more I think about it, the more I think of it, and I've really I've spent a lot of time thinking of what in the world can they do? How can they help themselves? You know, I look at those players in the locker room, and I know they have a lot of leaders in the locker room. Of course, Devontae Adams is one of them. But, you know, even on the defensive side, of course, Max Crosby is the alpha dog there. But they can only do so much as individuals. How can they get that team together on the same page to be able to finish? Because it's been three times now this year that they haven't been able to finish. They're in good positions. It's like they start off right, but they just can't, they can't keep the flow going. So how do they put themselves in better positions to succeed and finish things off really strong. 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R. Let me go ahead and hit a couple texts real quick. Uh, Glenn in San Jose said, what up, Q and DeMond? I don't call this season a rebuild at all. For now, I call it a hot mess. The disconnect is fluid with this team. And I don't disagree with that, but how do, you, how do they start to put pieces together so it's not a hot mess, so they can come together? Right? I mean, that, that's, I think we all identified it as, as not where it's supposed to be, to put it lightly, to be as nice as possible. It's not, it's not going out there and playing Raider football like we expected, or at least I expected it to be this year. I don't like to use we because people get mad at me. So I, I'll say I. I expected a lot more from this team. I expected this team. I have no problem, full disclosure. I expected this team to go out and win 10 or 11 games. That's not going to happen. They're at two. So big oversight. And big mistake on my end. I'm okay with that. But how can they go out and win a third game? You know, and I don't really mean keys of the game, but just how can they go out and play like and look like a better, a better unit? Because right now, in the second half of that game on Sunday, they just looked like they were out of sorts. And I don't know what Jackson. I don't believe that Jacksonville did anything that exotic or that creative to make them look so discombobulated. But they did. They looked really lost. Nobody looked like they were on the same page. They looked like they went into the locker room. And I really felt like, and you could talk about this and comment on this as well, I really felt like things started to slip away when the Jaguars hit that field goal right before halftime. I hate when the Raiders give up a, any kind of score right before halftime, especially when the other team's getting the ball coming out of the locker room. And I, I had a bad feeling as I was sitting on my couch watching the game. And that's that field goal they score. And I said, man, they're getting the ball coming out of the locker room. And lo and behold, they get a huge kick return, which shouldn't happen. Huge kick return. And then get a touchdown. And all of a sudden, right, they're up 20-10 at one point, And then all of a sudden they are only got a three-point lead and they haven't even touched the ball in forever. So that's, that's part of the disconnect. It's part of the, the issues that I look at. Let's go out to the phone lines. Let's talk to our guy, Raider Mike, in Colorado. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? Hey, man, I'll be completely honest, man. I'm really pissed off today, man. Just, I'm just tired of losing. Um, just, it's just, it seems like one, one, one week after another, man, it's always something that goes wrong, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. It, it doesn't even matter. Uh, for me, um, the, the defense. I keep saying it every single week outside of Max and, and, and Hobbs, that defense is just complete garbage. Trayvon so how, Harris, how do you fix it? Players. How do you how do you fix it though? I mean I, I understand uh, I under, what what do they do to, to do fix it or not fix it, but make it better for what they have. They have nine games left. 
Right, and, and that's the hard part because then if you, if you think about it, what can they do? Right. At the end of the day, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of depth at, on the defense at all. And plus, it, it, it just seems like majority of the starters that are on defense just aren't good players. And for me, it's just like I can't keep blaming Patrick Graham for the way he's scheming things up if the players that he has on the field aren't good enough. You know, you can have gotcha. as many coaches and, and you can do all that stuff all you want. Right. But if the players aren't good, if they're only average to bad players, they're going to be average to bad players no matter who the coach is. You know, so for me, that's just, it's just extremely difficult to keep watching that, you know, week after week. And they're just letting uh, offenses just drive down the field like it's nothing. Uh, all right. So that, that's frustrating. And then the offense, uh, it's just my opinion. I just always, I understand, coaches coach and players play. Carr, for me, I know it's, a, it's, it's easy low hanging fruit, but he has to go, in my opinion, because I do, I feel like, for me, it's always feel like he just holds the offense back. There's so many throws. He's continuing to overthrow people. Uh, right before the half, he underthrew Abdullah. I mean, I feel like he underthrew Abdullah. Yeah. Abdullah was wide open. To, uh, was wide open when the route first started. He took forever to throw the ball. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I feel like, yes, does McDaniel make mistakes? Yes, he does. But at the end of the day, Carr so, he has his fair share of mistakes as well. Right. So, so how, okay. So, so what do you what do you do moving forward to fix that? That that's that's my big question. My my question is not let's just throw everybody out there who's messing up. My question is okay, how do you move forward with the nine games that they have left? That's where it becomes more difficult to answer. Yeah, but we should just do what we got to do. We should be doing what we're doing moving forward. Run the ball. You know, I understand we have to throw it, but run, keep running the ball. I feel like Jacobs was starting to get a little heater going, and we kept throwing. We just. Throwing it, and every time, he, I mean, I feel like every time Carl was uh, throwing the ball, it was like overthrow, underthrow, or we just couldn't execute on, on, on third downs. You know, so use the bell cow that we have. Okay. You, we know he's going to okay. All right. Cool. Th- thank, thank you for the – I got a ton of calls. I, I, I just I, – and I don't want to keep going back and forth the whole time. And, yeah, you can use the bell cow that you have, and believe me, that was one of my keys of the game was go and use Josh Jacobs a lot. But I will say at one point in the game, Devontae Adams was unstoppable. Devontae Adams was absolutely unstoppable. So, in that point, I actually think that going to Josh Jacobs might have been a bad decision in the second half. And, and, and Josh McDaniels talked about it earlier today that, you know, you got to be balanced at some point. But maybe that, you know, maybe he should have just kept trying to feed Devontae Adams because it was working. Again, I get, all the, I get all the mistakes that were made. I totally get that. That's not really my question. My question is how do you move forward? And, and eliminate as many mistakes. We can sit here and vent and have a vent session if you want, but I feel like that that's boring, right? I mean, that just kind of puts you – how, how do you start to come together with an, a, a solution and an answer? Let's talk to Eddie in L.A. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? And that's just another well, – one of those – another pitiful weeks that we have to go through again, right, especially as Raider fans. I mean, we haven't had some uh, this type of play in a very long time where they can – they're up. They look so good, and then it's like they have multiple personalities. It does, you know. So how do you fix it? Get, how do you fix it? To get back it? to your question, to get back to your question, it all depends. If you can't, if you're not going to get rid of, you're, we're both in agreement. They're not going to get rid of Mike, uh, uh, um, Josh. I wish they would, but they're not. Okay. But um, defensively, if you're going to keep them, you're going to keep Bill Patrick Graham. You've got to start utilizing all the players that you have. That means you may have to sit somebody down, see what works. Okay. Okay. Simplify like your uh, maybe change is change. Uh, concentrate on the plays that have worked so far in the last eight nine games on defense, and keep and keep building upon those type of plays. 
because you obviously don't have the personnel to run the defense that you want to be able to run with. So you need to adjust to the players you have on the field. That's okay. what you get. That's what you have to do immediately. No different with Josh McDaniel. Okay, he said it himself. He's sharing the way way from the past. Maybe it's time for him just to chill and be a head coach and let the offensive coordinator start calling plays so he can take a step back and coach the entire team. Okay. And have a fresh a fresh voice there to get to calm everybody down because we're at that critical point. Whether whether we wait to the end of the season to decide the, the you know, this coaching staff's future or not. If he lose if he continues to lose, they run the risk of losing this locker room. And right. all bets are off on that. Right, exactly, which is why which is why we're trying to uh, come together as a, as as a group here as we talk with each other amongst each other and figure out how you fix that before that happens. I agree with you 100%. And you know what? I like your idea. I like your idea of getting some other guys involved. Give a guy a chance that, you know, might not have that chance. I, I mean, at, at some point, right, it can't be worse. There's not a whole that's and that's why I applaud the addition of Sidney Jones. I don't think that he's the end all be all, but I do think he can help. He can help a little bit. Right? Nate Hobbs is out. We know he's out. We know that Devon Diablo now is out. You know, I mean, it, it, it could end up being real simple that Patrick Graham's scheme could work, but it's not working with these players. I mean, it could be that simple. But to your point, Eddie, and that's why, that's why we're having this discussion, you at some point have to say, okay, what does Denzel Perriman do really well? Let him do that. What does Rocky Scene do? Okay, let, let him do that. And I'm not saying run a bunch of different schemes for a bunch of different players, but put them in the, the best position as possible, you know, and, and, and maybe get away from what you want to do and as opposed to, okay, let, let's see what these guys could do just to, just to give us as a team a chance. I, I, I could appreciate those kind of answers. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about. Stuff that's realistic that can happen right now. You know, even if you were to, and I don't, don't believe unless it went to – went to hell, I mean, and really went to hell and got really embarrassing. Even if you were to move on from your coach, which, like I said, I don't believe would, would, would happen, you can't hire someone from outside this year anyway. So, I mean, you know, you're just going to hire someone within and, and, and promote them. Who's going to – who would fill that void, right? I mean, so it's just you, – you have who you have. Everything, everything was, will be evaluated, and everything is evaluated. That's going back to what I was talking about, evaluation season. Everyone should be under the microscope. And I think that they all know that they are. I mean, this is the business that they, they chose to be NFL players and coaches and, you know, front office guys. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a um, results-based business. So I think everyone realizes that everyone's underneath the microscope and who's going to step up and, and shine and who's not. And then you'll worry about who's going to be here next year when that time comes. Right? But right now, you don't – there's not a whole lot that you could do. But that, that was – that was good, good, uh, good answer, Eddie. I like that. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Don't call us yet, but you can continue to text us six nine one eight seven. Keyword R and R. Realistically, at this stage of the game, what are some things that the Raiders could do to try to help stop the bleeding that they're going through right now? We'll ask Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas. He joins us next. We're at the Oyo Underground Lounge to be exact with Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We're back inside the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino, our normal Monday night spot. 
preparing for Monday Night Football tonight. The Ravens and Saints square up, and you can see the game right here on one of the many TVs that are here in the Underground Lounge. Joining us now on the phone lines is our good friend from our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. That's Ed Graney. You could also check out all his work on the RJ. He does a fantastic job. And, Ed, you could only imagine the temperature of Raider Nation today as uh, no. the, the Raiders lose another one after having a 17 nothing lead. And uh, now we're 2-6 and six on the season. So, Ed, I started off just asking – I know the frustrations. I know, like, everything that went wrong. I saw the game just like everyone else saw the game. What do you think the Raiders can do realistically right now to kind of help stop the bleeding? That's a great question, man. Um, they better hope they're captains. And, we, you know, you and I talked about this last week after the debacle in New Orleans. Uh, they have to hope someone can lead on this team internally. They have to hope their captains step up and lead. And it's the same thing as last week, although this week they actually scored some points and had a lead. But there's no more critical time for those guys with the C's on their chest than right now. Um, guys are talking out, you know, guys are talking to the media about coaching. Um, other guys are saying we're going to handle them internally man-to-man. Other guys are saying this can't, this can't continue. Everyone's got to step up. Um, so if I'm a leader and captain on that team, I better be getting in everyone's face this week. And, you know, you don't treat everyone the same, I don't think. I mean, some guys you can go hard at, sometimes you can't. I mean, right. I think. The captains need a pulse of their team in terms of how you motivate each person. But, man, I'm telling you what, Q, um, someone better lead uh, because this thing, now I don't know about this week because uh, I was going to ask you, did you ever coach your son in basketball? <laughs> because, because if so, you can be the Lakers coach next week. Apparently, um, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Saturday coming here every coach yeah. the high school, the high school team. Um, so I don't know about this week. I mean, this is the Colts. Uh, amazingly, so the Colts seem to have more issues than the Raiders, and I don't know if there's more issues than them right now. But right. to answer your question, I just think someone has to lead, and I don't know if that's the answer, but it's at least a beginning. Yeah, no, you're right. And I asked uh, Coach McDaniel's about that earlier today, and we all met. I said, how important right now do you lean on the captains? Do you lean on the veterans in the locker room to kind of keep everybody together? So, Ed, I'll ask you, how important do you think it is for those captains to be able to not only just lead the guys, but just keep them together and don't have them questioning and doubting what's going on with the coaches? Yeah, it's paramount. Um, You know, we saw what Devontae said um, in his comments about, you know, staying with work and all that. We can talk about that. But it's paramount that those captains keep this team together and things don't go awry. Um, you don't want to lose a locker room. You certainly don't want to lose a locker room eight games into a season. Uh, so it's going to be on the captains to help avoid that um, and getting guys, like I said, some you get in faces, some you don't, depending on who the guy is. But, um, you know, I heard your question. I heard his answer. And it's just paramount that those guys lead right now. That's why, you know, it's easy to be a captain when everything's great. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're six and two right now, it'd be the greatest thing in the world to be a captain, and everyone would want to be one. When you're two and six, that's when it's hard to be a captain. So we'll see if those guys have it in them to kind of steady the ship and get everyone back on the same page um, after Tuesday and get to practice Wednesday and start preparing for a Colts team. And like I said, they're they're kind of in flux as well. Yeah, no, they really are. Again, Ed Graney is our guest right now from ESPN Las Vegas and also the RJ here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, uh, we had a caller call in and say that, you know, some of the guys, and I've heard this a couple times in the media sessions, few of the guys that aren't getting burned, maybe they should get an opportunity to get out there and show what they got just to, you know, just to shake things up a little bit. I mean, at this point, it can't really get any worse, especially defensively. What do you think about just putting some other guys in there that may not have uh, gotten as, as much run as, uh, as others so far this season? Yeah. I mean, that's interesting, especially at the NFL level. I think these guys, you know, maybe at lower levels, I could see that. I think at the NFL level, they truly play who they think, you know, they can win with. And 
if it's still the starters are going to play the starters. I'm sure those guys are working hard at practice and trying to outseat guys, but it's hard in the NFL to do that. Um, and I just think the coaching and coaches are so paramount about winning that they're not going to consider unless they absolutely think a change should be made for change to be made. They think the guys they have in there are the right guys. So I guess I'd be surprised if a lot of that happened, maybe a spot here or there, yeah. you know, to give a guy more of a look, maybe just, you know, more snaps or, you know, a series or two just to see. Right. But I think I'd be surprised if a lot of that happened at the NFL level. I just think that those guys are dialed into who they think their best players are and they're going to roll with them. And they're going to try to correct the mistakes. You know, you always hear the same cliches, and he's not just Josh McDaniels from every coach, you know, correct the mistakes. You know, they're doing some things well, some things not. It's the same thing every week with NFL coaches. So I still think that they'll stay with the guys they have and not do a lot of changing. Yeah, no, I think that, you know, maybe a, a little tighter rotation on some of the guys yeah. is, is a possibility, yeah, but not just yeah. sit a guy down for, you know, for the whole game and say, no. hey, by the way, we're going to put this guy who's really our third string in because, well, he's trying hard in practice. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's, yeah and, and wholesale changes sends a message to your team as well. Yeah. And sometimes it's not the best message right. um, to do wholesale changes on guys and like, oh, are you panicking? You know, are we desperate? Um, why are we doing these things? Because those guys know. Those guys know who play and those guys know who don't play. Right. So I agree with you. Maybe some rotations, maybe some more snaps. But wholesale changes you rarely find in the NFL just for those reasons. Again, Ed Grady is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond's got one for you. Talking about the changes that could be made, and you mentioned not wholesale changes, but let's just say position group-wise, what would be a position group that's lacking on the field that it would make sense to maybe shake up the rotation? Boy, I thought you were going to talk about San Diego State. Okay, hold on a second. Uh, let me uh, let me think about this. Well, they just lost Diablo, right? To IR, and they just signed the corner. Um, I'll tell you what. The last few weeks, and I, you know, we don't know who's behind these guys, but and maybe Q can speak to this. I mean, I don't think the last two weeks the offensive line looked all that great. Um, so, do you look for changes there? But again, who's behind those guys? Who's behind them? Um, you know, I've seen on they're not going to change the quarterback. Uh, they're not going to change the skill guys. Um, and, and it's like you said, you know, if you do change defensively, I don't know if there's a position that you do wholesale changes at, DeMond. I don't know if there are guys that have shown well enough in, you know, in practice that you'd make wholesale changes. You know, people say, you know, give, give people more time over Chandler Jones. I mean, it's all – the funny thing is, it's all the same things we talk about each week, and that's what happens when you're 2-6. and six. Right. Like the same problems just keep propping up and the same questions keep popping up, just like Devontae said. And, you know, Devontae said, you know, he, he doesn't have answers anymore. You know, this, it's the same questions every week, and that's what happens when you're two and six. So I'll just go back to my original thought of I don't think there's wholesale changes anywhere because um, I just don't think at, the, at this level they do those kind of things. You know, there's major changes. Sometimes you do change a quarterback, sometimes you do, do change a skill guy. But I don't know about Q, but I, I just don't see that happening here. I don't. I don't think they're going to do a, a major change in a major position. Right. I just. I don't see who would slide into what. Right. I mean. I, yeah. I, I see like Tashawn Bauer maybe getting a few snaps here or there. I see Malcolm Coons looked like he got in a little bit earlier on Sunday. I mean, I don't. You know, just some some subtle changes like that. But I don't think that they actually have the personnel to make some whole changes. And now Devon Diablo no. is on uh, IR for four weeks. So yeah. Uh, you know. And if so. they did, they you know if they did. Like I said, if they if they really felt a guy was ready to supplant a guy and that they could win with him, they would do it. Right. I mean, they, it's all about winning in that league. That's all they care about. That's all they talk about. That's all they think about. Yep. So, for better or worse, they're playing the guys that they think they have the best chance to win with. Now, 
we could disagree and we could say, hey, you know, why don't you give this guy this chance, this guy this chance, but that's why they're the coaches and that's why they make those decisions. Um, they're not always right, but uh, I, I truly believe that internally within them, they play the guys that they think they can win with because that's really at that level. And McDaniel has, has said it and Carr has said it. That's all that matters. Right. Just, the only thing that matters is winning. Yep, and they haven't done enough of it. They only got two no. wins on the season. Definitely have not done enough. Uh, obviously, have a very winnable game coming up on Sunday. But the, yes. you know they've had winnable games throughout the course of the season that they <laughs> have not won so right. far. Let me let me ask you this real quick because this has been a recurring theme: four quarters, uh, tale of two halves. We've heard that from Coach McDaniel's multiple times. Why is it so difficult in Week Nine, heading into Week Ten now, for a team to play four quarters? Um. If, if I had the answer, they'd be six and two. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it happens. I'll, let's go to this game though, because I I know you were there today listening to his answers and asking him questions. Everyone said it, it and it's easy. It's armchair quarterback, right? It's armchair quarterback to say, "Hey, Devontae was great in the first half, and Derek Carr throwing the ball in the first half." And I, and I and I get that they were great in the first half, but you're also up big at halftime. So, like, I can understand his theory when he talks today about like. You do want some balance. Yeah. I mean, you just don't want to go out with a huge lead throwing it every down. I mean, because if you're not completing passes, you're just giving them the ball back, you know, too soon. So when he said that about running the ball, like, I kind of got that. Now, right. sure, there were there were situations on fourth and one, third and two, whatever, where they don't give it to him and they're throwing the ball, and you're like, man, why didn't you run it there? I think sometimes he overthinks the room. We, you and I said that. You know, I, I've told you that in the past. I think sometimes, you know, it maybe gets caught up with him, too, because, like, oh, here we go again. You know, right. it was 17-0, and now it's like, you know, 17-14, and, you know, it can creep into a guy's mind, call him plays. But I didn't have, I guess, the overall reaction of some others on, on Twitter that, you know, you should have thrown it every time in the second half. Like, I, I just, I, I kind of bought into what he was saying. It just didn't work out. And then when it doesn't work out, and you're 2-6, and six, and you blow another lead, you open right. yourself up to major criticism. And, and some of it's warranted. I don't want to say that none of it's warranted. But I do think a lot more goes into it than just, hey, you threw it every time in the first half, throw it every time in the second half. Right. No, he, he I mean, it, it made sense what he was trying to say. I mean, when, it was funny when he said it, he almost looked dead at me. I felt like he was looking at yeah. me like, like we've got to be a little bit balanced. And I get that. Um, and I, I do. I was I was one of those that thought, you know what, as long as Devontae's cooking and they can't stop him, they might as well just go ahead and keep feeding him. I mean, especially yeah. when you're, you're desperate trying to win games. But, I mean, it makes sense. It's just it's one of those things where, like I said, it's easy to overthink it or not overthink it, but it's easy to you know go back now and say, okay, well you should have done this, should have, would have, could have. Right, right, it, right. So it's like, and that's why I'm like, man, trying to figure out what exactly is the Achilles heel of this team? Why is it such a struggle to be able to you know put together a complimentary game four quarters? Oh, it's it's the, it's the number one question, and like we said, if we had answers to it, we'd be the coach, and we're not. Um, right, right. It's just it's one of those things where. To blow those kind of leads, uh, I, I don't know if it gets in their head. I, I can't believe it's not. I don't look. I don't think it's not. I don't think it's like lack of effort. I don't think it's lack of want to. I right. mean, you know, they want to win. They don't want to keep blowing leads. I don't think people are out there trying to like make mistakes or blow leads. But whether it's play calling, whether it's lack of execution, whether it's lack of sense of urgency, and Carr has talked about sense of urgency in the past. Or whether it's all three of them combined, um, that could lead to you, you know, losing leads and letting teams back into it. And I think there is a situation where the more you do it, the more it creeps into your head. Right. I mean, the, the more the more this happens, the more you can't tell me they're all human. I mean, they all they all know what's happened in the past, and you know, maybe you get a little tight. Maybe like, uh oh, 
you know, this can't happen again, it can't happen again, you tighten up a little, right. and the other team's playing loose because what are they, you know, they're just, you know, they're down 20 nothing, 17 nothing, so they're just slinging the ball around, mm-hmm. you know, with Lawrence, and I thought Lawrence played well, actually. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, they're, they have no pressure on them. I mean, what was it? Was it a 2-5 and five Jacksonville team on 17-0? Right. For lost five I mean, games in a row, matter of fact. They're on a yeah. five-game losing streak. Yeah, so w- what does it matter to them? I mean, it matters to win, but, you know, they're going to play loose, and then you're tightened up a little, and all of a sudden you look at the scoreboard and you say, if you're the Raiders, like, uh-oh, here we go again. Right. And I want to ask you about the the hot button issue of the day. Jeff Saturday being hired as the coach interim head coach. Do I know, we're not going to have you on for the rest of the week, but how do you think that's going to affect the way the Colts play the Raiders going into Sunday? Do you do you think that that gives them a little bit more of a boost with the morale change of getting a new head coach? In terms of the Colts, yes. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if this is true. I mean, you never know if everything on Twitter is true, but he doesn't have a person on staff who's yet to call plays in the NFL. I think they found the guy. I think the quarterback did they, coach. Did they, did they yeah. find a dude who's called plays before? Yeah, he, but only on an interim basis. So, like, oh. yeah, so yeah. A, very, a very brief, short time of period. I mean, that's a great question, Demond. I mean, because what, what's the cliche? The cliche is when you lose your coach, you get up for the next game. Yep. I don't know if that's possible this time. I think probably guys in their locker room said, we just did what? Um, and it's going to take a few days for let that, to let that sink in. Like I said, no offense to Jeff Saturday. I think his coaching experience is the high school team, uh, and he's very, very good as an analyst, I think. I mean, he's, he's really well-spoken. I mean, I think the guy's, you know, really bright, but to bring him out of that situation and to be the head coach of an NFL team, um, and I know the, look, the Raiders need to worry about themselves. They, they, yeah. they, they, have no, uh, they, they have no business worrying about anyone else or any coach on another team, but you would think uh, there's a reason the line jumped as it did um, and what, what, what the line is now because I think even as the Raiders are stumbling around and struggling, when you make this kind of change at a head, as a head coach, um, it, it doesn't sound like a good move. Um, now, maybe he'll be good. I don't know. But the Raiders, I mean, what have we said to you the last three weeks? The Raiders need to step up and win a game. Yep. Exactly. All right, and moving on to the most important college football game oh, of the geez. weekend, not there Tennessee, Georgia. San Diego State versus UNLV. Yeah. I mean, what, what did you see there? Because I saw a UNLV team that's defense was locked down. If it wasn't for some poor tackling on that first San Diego State touchdown, I think UNLV should have won the game. I think they lost a great opportunity. Um, Doug Brumfield's a really good player. He, he did have some rust. Uh, you know, no matter, and San Diego State's not very good offensively at all, as you saw. They're good defensively. But you can't have four turnovers even against a bad offense. And you can't throw two picks in the end zone even against a bad offense. So when you do those kind of things, you're kind of letting that opportunity slip away. I thought the Rebels had a great opportunity to take a lead um, late uh, when the kid dropped the punt um, inside the 10 or whatever it was. And then if you take the lead there, the way you're playing defense, you probably hold them off to probably win the game. So I think Doug Brownfield will be better this week. Tough game against Fresno on Friday night. Uh, Jay Kaner, their quarterback's back, and he threw for over 400 this week. So that's a tough game, but um, I don't know, Devon. I still think it's there for him, man. He's still in with Hawaii and Reno, and they only need two to get to a bowl. So it's all there for him, no matter what happened this past week. They're, they're, you know, their goals are all still there for him. Thank you for setting me at ease. Hawaii, they'll get. <laughs> they'll get Hawaii for sure. They'll get Hawaii for sure. Plus, they yeah, have a Hawaii's, nice vacation. Hawaii's weird. I agree with you. I think they're going to get Hawaii and Reno and, and be bowl eligible. The only reason Hawaii's weird is it's because it's there. Right. Weird things happen on the island sometimes, and they're they're better in Hawaii. There's no question about right. that. But I agree with you. I think they get – I mean, Fresno's tough this week because I think Fresno's probably better than the quarterback's back. But if they can't get that one, I think, you know, if you, if you only need two in this year in 2022, if you only need two in the Mountain West to be bowl eligible, 
you want it to be the Hawaii and Reno. Right, exactly. And before I let you go, Ed, I got to ask, San Diego State, Pac-12 bound, what are your thoughts? I think they eventually get there. I don't know if it's this week because I think the Pac-12 is going to wait till its TV deal is up, and I think it's going to be more um, later on when the regents meet. But I do think if there's one team in the West Coast that gets you back into California TV-wise because USC and UCLA is going to leave, um, you know, San Diego State's a little down in football, but basketball-wise they've been very good. Football-wise they've been very good. Um, so I think they go. I just don't know if uh, Dan Patrick was right that it's announced this week, but I do think they're going to get in. There you go. Well, congratulations to the Aztecs. Looks like they're headed to the the Pac-12, <laughs> and of course we'll be uh, we'll be we'll bring you along, Demond. We'll bring you and I'll be along with us. <laughs> don't worry. You'll I'll tell you the party. What, I'll tell you what. You said weird things happen on the island. I'll tell you what. I've only been to Hawaii once, but I'm down for any weird thing that can happen on that island because yeah. that is fantastic. <laughs> so if I got to go to Hawaii for something weird to happen, I'm all for it. So that's uh, right. You, I'll, that's I'll, one I'll, place you want to be. Exactly. No doubt about it. Ed, fantastic stuff as always. Thanks, what do you got coming out on the RJ we should be looking out for? A uh, couple columns on the uh, Raiders and DeMond's UNLV football team this week. I think I'll maybe head over to a basketball game on Saturday for UNLV. Raiders on Sunday with UQ. And uh, same old, uh, you know, great stuff in the press box. We'll talk about Raiders. Golden Knights can't lose. I don't know if they'll ever lose again. <laughs> and uh, we'll have a recap tomorrow of uh, Kevin Kruger's first game in his second year tonight at UNLV basketball. There you go. Well, great stuff as always, Ed. We appreciate you, my man. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, there he goes. Ed Graney, ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, the Press Box, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Tyler Bischoff. And, of course, the RJ does all this great work there, puts out a lot of good stuff to read uh, at Ed Graney on Twitter and with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. 249 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back. Close out hour number one. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. And we are live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every Monday for Monday Night Football. Uh, got a lot of texts and a lot of calls we want to get to before we get to Curtis Crabtree from Fox 13 Seattle at the top of the hour. Mailman Raider hit us up and said, Q, I don't really think there's a way to fix it now. All you could do is just get to know the system where you don't have to think. We've said it before, but it's facts. Just go out there and have fun and upgrading the trenches on both sides however you can, especially in the offseason. That should be a priority. We're also missing that deep field stretcher, that deep threat, uh, like a Henry Ruggs type. That's from Mailman Raider on the text line at 69187, keyword R&R. And that's one of the biggest keys, as I mentioned. It's evaluation season. Everyone right now is under the microscope. Everyone out there has to uh, attempt to play at the, the highest level. And if they don't, well, then you know who you move forward with and who you don't. As simple as that. Obviously, there's a lot of folks on this roster uh, and, and potentially coaches as well that may not be here next year, right? And so I think that everyone is in the evaluation process right now. I think Dave Ziegler, uh, Champ Kelly and company are all making sure that whoever is here is going to fit with exactly what they're trying to do moving forward. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Jared. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. How's it going? Man, you know what? I kind of stole my thunder because I was – and here, racking my brain, thinking about what realistically can they do? Yeah. And you know what? The obvious answer for me would be exactly what was already stated, that Josh McDaniels take a step back, let Lombardi call the plays. But the biggest problem with that that I see is he lacks the humility and the gravitas for that move to actually happen. I don't think that he could actually handle success while he's not coaching, while he's not actually actively calling the plays. So for me, what they could actually do on the field is just to try to be better. 
try to actually make those adjustments. So tired of hearing corrections and adjustments. Right. right. Oh, I know. Hey, good, good stuff. I, I get it, man. Believe me. Uh, I've said it a thousand times, man. It's a lot more fun to cover a team that's winning. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. A team that's, that's losing, it's just not it's, – it's, it's obviously not as fun, and obviously the fan base is not having a, a good time watching these games and getting all excited, you know, pumping yourself up uh, Monday through Friday. All of a sudden, okay, it's game time, and then get out to a really good start, and you're pumped up, feeling good about yourself, and then all of a sudden, you know, the second half collapse comes. And really, again, I said it before, I believe that – uh, the second half collapse started at the end of the second quarter when they let that field goal happen with Jacksonville. I thought that that was a bad, a bad sign, a bad omen, knowing the Jaguars were getting the ball coming out of the locker room. One more call. Evan and Marietta, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Thank you. Uh, appreciate the time. Love your show. And I'm fired up. Uh, a couple things. Your question, uh, we got to change our mindset. I mean, when you lose three leads of 17 points, that's a leadership problem. Our mindset is not of attack. I mean, as as Devontae said, we need to attack. And I'll give you something else. In the 20s, uh, one of my favorite football stories, Michigan was supposed to get blown out by a Southern team, and their coach said, hey, a lot of these kids uh, have their relatives that killed your probably relatives in the Civil War. Oh. And you know what? They came out and they whipped their butt. And football is a game of emotion. This Patriot way of not getting too high and too low, our team has no emotion. And when you lose three 17-point leads and your team looks dead after halftime, that is a leadership problem. I spent 30 years in the military. This stuff matters. Leadership matters. Uh, when I went to Iraq for a year and Afghanistan for a year, the Raiders were a lifeline for me. It matters. And this is, just pisses me off. Um, we need to change our mindset. This defense, death by a thousand paper cuts, is ridiculous. You drop in Crosby and Chandler Jones into coverage and you have zero sacks in two games? What kind of leadership and scheme is that? They're supposed to be teachers. They need to change their mindset and attack. Attack on defense. I'd rather have them have zero, cover zero, and blitz all out and lose that way than just let them march down the field. This is ridiculous. It's death by a thousand paper cuts, and this defense needs to change their mindset. Our leadership needs to uh, come up, starting with our coach, because it's a leadership problem. Last year, we, the Raiders four years in a row had improved their record. Last year, we were a clutch team that fought to the end, as Basachi said. This year, we're a, we're a paper mache uh, offense and defense that blows leads. We need to get a tougher mindset. This Patriot way of not getting too high or too low is stupid. And we need to have, football is a game of emotion. Last year, you look at our sidelines with emotion. Everybody's fired up. This year, we have a dead sideline. Carr sits by himself. All right, cool. Thank you so much for the call. And, yeah, going back to what Ed said, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the leaders. The leaders need to step up and lead and really keep everyone together. That's uh, what Ed Granny was saying. I, I'm not mad at that at all. That makes a lot of sense. And change the mindset. You know, that that's good, too. You know, when you get a lead, keep the foot on the gas and keep on going. Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Not saying that they're not trying to do that, but do that. Go and, and, and make sure that you keep the foot on the gas. I, I think that that's a really good mindset as well. Um, you know, I, I, I hate to compare year to year because it's so tough. The, the players are different and all that stuff. But uh, I, I understand what you're saying. And, and there was an emotional uh, sideline last year, and, and you, didn't, you don't see a whole lot of emotions this year. So uh, good stuff, Evan. Thanks for the call. 258 is the time. When we come back, Curtis Crabtree will join the show. Talk all things Sidney Jones. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.